Let's turn to much more serious affairs, and uh, we are joined by Globe and Mail special reporter Robin Doolittle, uh, who yesterday, of course, broke the story about five members of the 2018 Canadian Junior Hockey Team being told by police to surrender to be booked. And Robin Doolittle joins us now. It's nice to have you back on the show. Good morning. Uh, We're not naming these individuals, but um, do you know how police finally arrived? And I guess a Crown prosecutor as well at the point where they said, nope, that's in. We're going to book them. I mean, it it was in the fall of 2022 that police uh, filed court uh, applications. uh, They're called ITOs, looking for approval for various investigative measures, where they included in that documents that said they, that uh, five members of the team, that they had reasonable grounds to believe that they committed sexual assault. Um, So in some ways, this isn't new. The, The thing has always been, well, you filed that, you know, more than a year ago. Like, where are the charges? So what they've done is they finally acted on this thing that they filed in the court, you know, more than a year ago and asked these five players to surrender to police to face sexual assault charges. So these five men are going to have to fly or get themselves to London, surrender to police. I guess, are they going to get fingerprinted and photographed? I mean, I don't want to say exactly what's going to happen in there. What I can say is that these players have all been given a period of time. My understanding is it's until later next week to present themselves at London Police Headquarters. At that time, they'll be informed of the charges against them. They'll, they may have you know conditions placed upon them, things that they'll agree to. They'll sign, go go through their paperwork, and then at a later date, they will appear in court. And, you know, I've seen a lot of speculation, like, why is this unusual? And it's it's not. This is pretty standard for people who have no criminal record, um, when they when they haven't have a pass like this, that the police are not going to, you know, chase them down and put handcuffs on them. This incident is very much in line with something you've kind of specialized in, which is Mm -hmm. women as sexual victims and sometimes institutions that protect the the people that do it. So I wonder, you know, in your experience, what you have learned about junior hockey and, uh, you know, amateur sport as well in just in terms of this kind of culture. Yeah, I think that's I'm glad you asked that because you know, sexual assault cases are always really tricky, right? Like, I think everyone knows this. It it ultimately is down to various versions of events. And there's other, you know, nuances and corroborating evidence, et cetera. But ultimately, what's going to happen is the judge or the jury is going to have to sit and listen to, you know, testimony and evidence from EM, the complainant, and these players and make a decision. What I think Though, if you go through the facts of the story uh, that have been presented by kind of all sides, it's not great. Like that, whether it rises to the level of criminality is, is one question. But you know, um, there, there's things that have come out afterwards where y- you you do wonder, like, what is going on here? Um, is is this where we want uh, you know Canada's beloved game to be operating in? And I think that there is going to be some real reckonings and questions about this, as there has been so far since this story broke in in 2022. In your feature in the Globe and Mail, you recount how some or, you know, one or some of the uh, individuals in this case kind of tried to create a record in order to be able to invoke that down the line if somebody said that there was a sexual assault. Can you talk a bit about that? 
Yeah, the Globe reported on this in August 2022, and then more detail was in that court filing that I mentioned earlier. But in the so the, the allegations here is that there was a that this woman EM met a player at a bar after this big fundraising event in London. They went uh, back to his hotel room and had consensual sex. She goes to the bathroom, comes out, and the room is full of hockey players. Um, and we know from the the courts that that player texted his teammates when uh, to say, you know, if you want various sex acts come to the room and um we know that in the hotel to the the the, the a, a player um uh shot two videos the first is six seconds the second is 12 seconds em says she didn't know the first video was taken but in the video you know it said like are you okay with this and she's saying I- i'm okay with this and in the next video she's kind of uh uh, quickly talking and saying, yeah, no, it, it's fine. You're being paranoid. Everything's fine. And in to police, she said she felt she had to say to had to go along with this because again, she was nervous. There's all these players that she said that they had, you know, were, were manipulating her and directing her to stay and ignoring when she was crying, she alleges, and basically wouldn't let her leave. So th- this is the kind of, uh, again, this this dynamic that's why did this video get shot? And in the in a police interview that one of the players was asked this and he said something to the effect of, well, you know, in, in case some in case it came up later, that like in case there was a situation where I needed to say this was consensual, which, again, if you think if you really drill down into raises some questions. Yeah. I mean, if you have to get somebody to give you a video waiver, then maybe you're not in a very good position at the time. I have to presume, Robin, that you have uh, met perhaps more than once with EM or talked with EM, the alleged victim. I just wonder, without compromising her privacy, what kind of an impression she leaves. I've spoken with her once uh, in 2022. Um, what I think is really interesting about this case, as, as different from so many other cases like this, is that she, you know, never wanted this to come out publicly. She is not the one that leaked the story. This just came out, you know, on its own. She filed a lawsuit. Um, lots of lawsuits get filed and no one finds out about them, by the way. And it was settled. And then TSN <clears throat> broke the story and found out that the, about this lawsuit. So when we spoke, um, we spoke r- shortly after The Globe reported on the contents of the videos that we just discussed, as well as a text message exchange that occurred between her and the other player in which he's saying, like, did you go to the police? You have to make this go away. Um and, uh, you know, she said that she was frustrated kind of watching this all play out in bits and pieces without the full context of everything. And that, you know, she never wanted any of this public. And, but you know, she did want accountability, but she didn't want any of this public. And then it's been really hard. So that's where we, we left it in 2022. And when it comes to these hockey players, you just know that much as has happened in the business community, the arts community, and various other places, there's going to be sympathy for them, that their careers are being ruined, and they'll be slut-shaming as well. I just wonder what your take on that is. You know, I think that you absolutely have to, uh, you know, appreciate the, you know, the the gigantic consequences of having something like this attached to your name. And I think... It is also true that this culture within competitive hockey um, is not new to this particular team. And that there, again, um, there are many people, I'm sure, that are sitting there thinking about, you know, past experiences and, and, you know, 
maybe wondering, huh? So I don't know if I'm answering your question there, but I think that there is something about that these specific players are are facing something related to an incident that happened, and there have been many before them that have maybe done something similar. Robin, thank you very much. Nice to have you this morning. Thank you. Bye. Robin Doolittle is with The Globe and Mail and has written a whole book, as a matter of fact. And uh, if I'm remembering the title um, properly, it was uh, She Always Had It Coming or something very similar to that, which is one of the presumptions that people have when people end up in sexual situations.